Welcome to the Anatomy of an Ad podcast series. I'm Amy Houston, reporter here at The Drum. Today's guests are Jeff Lamb and Tahira Edwards, the creatives at 72 and Sunny who worked on Amazon's Find Your Wavelength campaign for its live radio app, Amp. Thank you so much for joining me. So this is The Drum's Anatomy of an Ad podcast, and we thought it'd be great to speak to you both about the work that you did for Amazon Amp's Find Your Wavelength campaign. But I thought for our listeners at home, it might be good if you could both introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do at 72 and Sunny. So, Jeff, I'll go to you first. All right. Well, uh, I'm Jeff Lamb, creative director at 72 and Sunny. Uh, I work on mostly the entertainment side of the business, uh, taking care of both the Amazon Music, which is the AMP project that we're going to talk about today, uh, and also, I am also the creative director of uh, the Call of Duty franchise uh, on Activision. So that's the two things I take care of. And um, yeah, so that's that's me. And off to Tara. I mean, and he's just a super cool guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot that. You usually oh, yeah. leave that out. Yeah, you got a leave. You got a leave of that, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Tahira Edwards Byfield, a creative director, writer. I have a British accent, so as you can tell, I'm a Londoner. And yeah, I work on Amazon um, AMP and then also United. And to be honest with you, I'm not siloed to one specific part of the business. I kind of just go where it makes sense. Absolutely. That must be so she does, she does everything. <laughs> Every, yeah. every she's like the the SWAT team that comes in and saves the day. That's where that's what master is. master of all. We love to see it. Cool. So, like I said, we're here to speak about Amp's Find Your Wavelength campaign. Maybe you could start by describing exactly what that campaign was for anybody at home who's not had the chance to see it yet. Jeff, maybe that one for you to start with. Yeah, yeah, I can start with that. So uh, Amazon Music is is obviously a huge entity, um, but they came to us with an interesting project in that they were building a brand new app. And that rarely happens in music anymore. Uh, you know, there was years ago with Spotify, Apple Music, uh, you know, Amazon Music came out, but, you know, they were kind of always playing in each other's, in the same space or was competing for that, those streaming numbers. Uh, but Amazon decided to do something pretty interesting. I guess a little bit old school in a way. They looked at, one thing that was missing from the music segment, and it was kind of um, weirdly enough, they found radio as as the as the thing that people were missing. They wanted to reinvent radio in a bit, um, and you know there is a lot of obviously uh, live radio that happens on on the you know your FM AM wavelengths, but they wanted to create a platform that was a bit more social that that took their huge catalog of Amazon Music. Uh, and open it up to creators um, to create their own shows, either that's music lovers or people that have uh, really interesting uh, takes on things. Uh, as you can see in some of our work, we have like people like Joe Budden who comes in and has hot takes all day to give them the tools to create their own live radio show. That um, that some of, there are some big creators like I've mentioned, like Joe Budden. There's Nicki Minaj, but there's also anyone can hop on and start their own show. And the biggest thing is because it's powered by the biggest catalog of Amazon music of millions of songs. There's no ever copyright thing, you know, like on Twitch where you get your, your stream gets shut down because you're playing a song. There's mm -hmm. none of that. So that's really cool. And people can kind of share their love of music. So that kind of led us to, um, to kind of start ideating on, on what that means. And, 
and for everyone. And I think for all of us, maybe some of us showing my age a little bit, but grew up listening to the radio before, you know, we, yeah, you know, had CDs and we, yeah, exactly. We had CDs and we had radio, we, you know, had like 20 CDs in the car and then you had your mm-hmm. radio. Yeah. Uh, but for us, we always kind of loved the fact that there was a personality that introduced you to these songs. And that was able to kind of um, show you your next favorite song that you didn't even know existed. And we always looked at those as people at, you know, everyone kind of had their own different radio stations and that was kind of one way for us to describe it was like a wavelength. It was just a vibe that you were, you would flow into. Uh, and so that's where we came up with the line of find your wavelength. Uh, and I don't know, Tahira, please feel to jump in. Totally. So, you know, taking everything Jeff has said here, right. It's like the proposition of like reimagining radio for like this generation, right. Like, as I said already, Amy, I'm a Brit. Jeff uh, used to live in Amsterdam. So we also know pirate radio. Like we know about yeah. like this idea of radio being democratized in a way where like anyone can just jump on and do it. And radio, particularly in the States, but I would say globally, doesn't function that way. Like, you know, you have like a huge host um, who does a show. It's very formulaic. It's got like a playlist that's been put together by radio pluggers, all of this kind of thing, right? So we were just so intrigued by this proposition that like, oh, this is an app that completely democratizes it. You can just like hit a button, like any of us could hit a button now. And if we weren't recording, even if if we weren't recording a podcast right now, we could go live and start a radio show, you know? So how do you know that's not happening? I'm, right, I'm doing that right now. Maybe we're doing it out, right? But like, yes. so that was really interesting to us. But we also understood the challenge of like communicating the newness of it, but the familiarity of it at the same time um, to this audience. Like, so for us, um, we were like, how do we lean into the emotional like benefit, if you will, right? Like, and so so that's kind of what led us to find your wavelength. It's like. The thing that is cool about radio and music discovery is that thing where you can just be like listening to other people or like, you know, skipping around stations and going, oh, this is my vibe. Like, or, you know, again, as we said, because you can, creators can also make their own shows there. Like I can be a listener or I can decide these were all cool, but I want to make my own wavelength, right? And so that felt to us to be like a fairly digestible way of communicating it. And then from that, we just took it and like really was like, how do we breathe life into that? Like between the film and between our visual assets that, you know, Jeff can definitely speak more to. But that was the biggest thing for us with like find your wavelength. It's like, let's take this big concept or this concept that can get a little heady. Like, how does the app work? Da, 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 da. That felt like it mattered less to us. And it was more about like, let's get people stoked and intrigued about this idea of like discovering music in this new way while discovering people. Yeah, definitely. And just, you know, speaking about the film, The Garden of Music, um, I really loved it. And I thought it did a really nice job of kind of showcasing the different styles of music that you can find on the app. And I thought that must be quite a difficult thing to do because it's such a short film. And like you guys were saying, there's so much on the app. 
And I think I've heard about you guys speaking about like humanizing technology as well. It's 72 and sunny and it seems like that's something that you've really done with this campaign. Would that be right? Yeah, thank you. That was definitely the aim. And like, Amy, you absolutely tapped into just a tiny bit of like the challenge that we had. We were like, yes. what songs are going on this thing? Like, <laughs> you know, Jeff, myself and our um, senior writer, Riley Baker, we wanted to make an Odyssey. We were like, we can make a three minute film, right? Like, so we could just, as- <laughs> just so we could get as many songs or like vibes as possible. And so with that challenge, we're like, hey, like, that's obviously not realistic. How can we just show breadth in like a more succinct way, but show like, you know, most of us as music listeners now don't just listen to one thing. So by showing like one character, our dancer, um, Audrey, exploring different musical worlds in like a short amount of time allowed us to at least show, hey, you can you can there's variety here you can go from like you know a house sounding song or house sounding station to like some slayer <laughs> you know why you not it feels good for you totally and another thing that I really loved about the film was the set oh my goodness it it's amazing and I heard that a lot of that was built by hand is that is that right yeah yeah, and and that was very purposeful, I think, in the way that we've always kind of conceived of this idea. And we talk a lot about um, humanity in in the film and in, in the technology, um, because I think this is really one of the only pieces of tech that wouldn't exist if people, if there wasn't a person in the center of it. So if there was no host, there would be no music. It's not Spotify where you kind of look for it and you create your own thing. There always has to be someone curating that wavelength to be able to show that to you so in the same sense our approach to production was very much like we wanted to feel human and tactile and practical uh, and a little bit like it, it doesn't have to be perfect and I think that was a big part of how we looked at every single visual aspect of it where the it's the set and having things be a little bit off and we didn't do a lot of VFX at the end of it to the set at least you know it was just a lot of you know just a bit of cleanup here and there but everything we tried to shoot in camera uh, and it was a good challenge for us and I'm sure it was a good challenge for our production team and you know shout out to Eleanor they really came through uh, and our set designer Tyler who uh, he's worked on some of the some really great music videos and he came to to work with us and he was really excited about the opportunity to build these things practically which doesn't happen anymore and I think it would have been easier to do it in the CGI, just, you know, map it out and, and do it that way. But we wanted to get the reaction from our dancers, our hosts, where we are literally hanging them upside down off of a tree and getting them to say the line until their faces turn red, then blue. And so that was, it was important to us to, to make sure we did it that way, to, to kind of hit on the note of humanity. And I would say our director... Edson Oda really understands that humanity piece and that's why he was such a great partner like he was so curious about like what is the motivation for our dancer for our hosts and like you know when it came to working with Tyler um, and building that world we've really got to think about like okay how how do we make sure we get like a really like 
real and off like you've created this fantasy world around right but you can still get like a authentic and real reaction from the people who are moving through it and that was something that like Edson really was sweating and in a really good way so it was great yeah I guess it just gives that sort of authenticity doesn't it that you would never get through CGI or any kind of computer animation Um, and I think it does show in the final film something that kind of struck me with it as well maybe this just is because I'm a millennial but it did seem to have that it seemed to be aimed at like millennials or the kind of Gen Z age group was that kind of deliberate choice then for the campaign yeah definitely and I think you know ultimately um the app should um and I think has already started to show itself to be like really open to anyone to use right like when it was still in beta there was um I think it still happens today there's a show that's like classical fm today or like classical hits today right and it's like a definitely a gen xer um playing his like jams um to like younger crowds but i would say like when we think about tastemakers and everything we did skew towards let's capture the hearts of gen z let's like hit the nostalgia that's also going to be relevant for millennials and for for gen z who are sort of like accessing a lot of older music and stuff like that now through TikTok and through all of these things. So yeah, it was for sure a consideration, but I think for us, we didn't like, it wasn't like, Hey, we want to make a spot that feels like it's drinking from the fountain of youth. It was yes. just like, how do we make it fun? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think the product itself being like, it's kind of weird because like I said, for us, like we grew up with radio, so we kind of have an understanding of what that is. Uh, but for Gen Z, like they, didn't <laughs> they didn't yeah. really grow up with radio yeah uh, not really having to have it radio is like a button on spotify for them you know <laughs> that's just that's it's, 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 <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of crazy to think about so i think when we think about it in this way really introducing and reimagining radio for like a whole new generation who has no context of what that is what felt really interesting and exciting and then then finding people like josh richards or zach saying who who are in that space and and bringing up the new generation of music lovers um, in in the app and and really being a champion of, of what the app does uh, really helped us with you know a lot of authenticity in our communication. So that was it's almost just I think like we showed it to the right people and they fell in love with it just the way that we did, and so it just kind of naturally came out that way. Totally. Like Little Yachty legitimately loves the app and uses it all the time and like does his, his shows and stuff. So yeah, it's that duality of like Gen Z got it and are getting it and exploring it. Like, and then for, you know, us millennials, um, like um, there was that familiarity there that we, you could kind of lean into. So like, hopefully it, it's working across generations in that way. Yeah, like imagine trying to explain to Gen Z that we used to tape off the radio, the charts oh on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, I mean, that's illegal. Maybe I shouldn't say it, but yeah. <laughs> we all did it. And then right. the tape would like you would use the tape until it goes. Oh you yeah. know, until it goes, and you're like, I guess. There's right. Eight yeah. songs recorded on top of each other. I tell you, it's like a Halloween outfit now for like Gen Z. Yeah, like, that's yeah, true. This- old relic you know <laughs> that's so funny um so speaking of little yachty um that was gonna be one of my questions what was it like working with the rapper on this uh, campaign 
Yeah, he was incredibly gracious on set um, and, you know, like did not did not learn the lines and so <laughs> I very much sort of had to coach and feed stuff to him but then when he got it like very professional like he just like could deliver yeah. it and riff and he kind of like what you know Edson would give him direction he would bounce and go and like in some of our shorter edits like we asked our, our dancers like what do I what do I say to him we're like just ask him a question like make up a question and, and she you know got pretty deep she was like so what do you think you bring to the world of music <laughs> when, you know and like so he just got to riff answers and he was like whoa that was heavy. you know and, and that like was really really fun to see and we ended up using some of that stuff in our in our 15s too so he's like definitely a natural in front of the camera like yeah and he did a good job of like turning it on like one thing that we learned even from our photo shoot portion his dad was a photographer so like oh cool he got, he, he, I was like oh he seems a little tired he got in front of the set and like hit all his angles I was like mm-hmm. wow okay <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah, it was it was definitely a, a an interesting fun time. That sounds amazing. I guess being a rapper, he's kind of used to, you know, ripping and just being on the spot, I guess. So that all worked out. I wondered as well, like with this kind of campaign, do you do Amazon come to you with a brief or do you go to them with this idea? Is it a collaborative process? How does it all kind of work? Yeah, so we pitched on this business. Um and you know again like what was so unique about this was the opportunity to work on something that they were still building like it's not like you know um when we take on other projects and it's like an established brand like obviously Amazon's a huge established brand but like it's an established property um you know something that you have to like reimagine a a visual identity for or like you know story for this hadn't even we hadn't even they hadn't released their beta yet when we started working with them and so we really like the pitch or the brief to us from them was sort of like we're creating this thing. (laughs) This is what we want it to do. Here are some of the things we're talking about internally. What do you think you could do for that with that? Right. And I think at 72, we just assembled a crew of like music lovers and like radio lovers. And um, we're like, Oh, we think we've got something for that for you. And so the brief was a little bit more malleable and actually like we, they were really collaborative in allowing our strategy minds to come in and like help shape sort of the direction of of where our creative could go. Yeah. And and I think one of the biggest thing is also like the way we developed a voice for the brand. Um, You know, they, they had, they started, they came to us with like a brand book. That was a very good kind of foundation, but I think what Tahira and Riley has done in terms of really bringing a voice to the brand in a way that felt human, that felt a bit, like music lovers would speak uh, versus like a product would speak. It was very, very important. And I think, and you see in, uh, in, you know, in the film and the way that the people talk and just felt very authentic to the, to the genre of the style. Um, and then beyond that, I'm out of home and I see it now to carry it through in a lot of their social work is words that you wouldn't normally associate with a big music brand or, or even Amazon in general, that felt like, it felt, it feels like a person speaking to you. And so 
in that sense, I think we we have a lot of success in that. And I mean, I'm just glad that they let us use those crazy lines and plastered it across across the states. So. Yeah, that, that sounds so fun. Uh, it's always good when you've got quite an open brief, I imagine. So maybe just to end on, you could speak a little bit about what the reception was like to the ad and, you know, what's coming next? Is there any plans to kind of continue rolling it out, if you can speak on that? Yeah, I mean, in terms of reception, so far, feedback has been all good. It looks like um, engagement with the app is definitely on the up and up. Like, I would say it's we're still in the phase where info is being gathered, right? We're still, like, getting feedback on... We never had a hard... KPI like oh we want to convert this many people to sign up watching the app but like it's from the stats the data that we saw it's trending really well and like people are actually watching which is like I think you know (laughs) the biggest thing we work in advertising but I think about like do I want to watch this ad or do I want to skip it when it's a YouTube bumper or whatever right and like it seems like it's engaging people and I think that to me is all we can ask for in terms of like getting people to be curious and lean in and like feel engaged from the experience that that they have with the with the spot and with the work you know the out of home and and all of that what's been extra cool for us too is seeing like the celebrity talent engage with the work as well like at 72 and elsewhere like I've worked with quite a few celebs. Jeff definitely has. Sometimes it's a job, you know, like rather than, oh, we need to share this work because it's super cool. Like, and seeing like the excitement of say a Tanache, um, Joe Biden, all of these artists sharing the out of home and sharing the, the work feels just like really cool and validating. But like we've created something that feels authentic for the music space you know mm-hmm. yeah like they don't have to do that they're they're choosing to do that and that lets you know you've created something that that speaks to people so that's always a bonus yeah i mean it's kind of cool i remember the tanashi where she like took a picture of one of the out of homes and posted it onto her stories and that felt i think the the thing that kind of helped with this is, i mean it's all, all the elements that we kept talking about about how it's really like human centric and it feels different from everything in the category. And I think that's why it's breaking through a bit because I don't think, you know, everything that we see around, whether it's, you know, Apple music or Spotify, it's really focused on like the service and, and what that is versus like who is the the human in the center of it, because that is the differentiating factor. So I think having that people and highlighting those people um, really allowed us to, to tap into, I think, why the creators love this platform is because they are, you know, arbiters or they're the curators of their own little world. Uh, and I think that's what the film does well. And that's what it, you know, tries to show. And I think through all those different elements and making a feel really tactile and really feel so different than everything else, I think that's what people are catching, you know, are, are grabbing onto and, and, and running with. And I think internally at, at Amazon, it's been it's been good. It's been, I don't know, we keep getting told, hopefully our clients are just being really, you know, aren't just being really nice to us, but they're saying that it's kind of, it's the work that's being talked around uh, in the company, uh, which is, which is huge praise. I think, you know, Amazon, huge company does a lot of work. I mean, we do a, a lot of other work with them, but this is being a piece that's being held is like, oh, wow, this is good creative. And I mean, I'm just very thankful that the clients allowed us to tell this story 
uh, and we're on board with our crazy idea. It's like, what if we did like a garden of music? And I think also shout out to Riley who brought this idea to to us. And I think I killed it like three times and I finally <laughs> gave up. And then it was like, all right, we're making the garden of music. Fine, we're going to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I think kudos to the clients for letting us get crazy in terms of your question yeah. of what's, what's next. Amy, I think you know, they're really just like working to continue to spread the campaign. And like now we've given them the tools to how to speak, like some brand assets. So like they're expanding that now. Yeah. And like, you know, I reckon we'll get to do some more fun stuff very soon. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. A good old watch this space. <laughs> well, keep them wanting more. That's what I say. Cool. Well, thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to speak with me. It's been great hearing about it. It's been delightful. So thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time.